Hey guys, this is Pastor Jacob of King's Cross Church. We're picking up in our devotional on Colossians, and we're starting out with Colossians 1, uh, verses 1 to 8, and we're going to just focus on verses 1 to 5, or the first half of verse 5, but I'll read all the verses to start us out this morning. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you have learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. May the Lord bless the reading and meditation of His Word. So here we are, we're starting out in Colossians, and we have a very standard greeting from Paul, Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. But what I want to focus on here to start us out with is verse 2, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. In the original Greek, uh, that is actually, uh, it's reordered. In Christ is at the front of the verse. At, Christ, uh, at Colossae is in the back of the verse, and right stuck in the middle is the saints and faithful brothers and sisters. So it is, even in the way Paul writes this, he is intending to help us see just quite simply that we have two identities. Uh, we have effectively uh, two zip codes and two social security numbers at the same time. We have one that runs down the very spine of all our DNA in Christ, and then we have one that is, quite frankly, very surface level in Colossae, or in Manchester, or in Derry, or in Goffstown, or in the West Side, for you West Side folks. There are two identities that we have, but one that is more foundational, and one that is superficial, and yet, between these two, God is saying to us grace and peace because he dwells among us and here's this little phrase that's going to be very important for how we work through this grace and peace from God our Father in J.I. Packer's classic book Knowing God he has this very simple phrase he says Father is the Christian name for God think about this uh, in the midst of the situation that we are in who is our authority? Who's the one in charge? Who's the, who are the people, even the task force and whatever they are called, that is not only figuring out what's going on, but then being the authoritative voice of what's going on? I have family that are in the medical field, and they are authoritative voices on these issues, and yet even they are trying to catch up to what's going on. And here we have, at the very beginning of this book, this assurance of the fatherly care of God for whatever our situations are, both for our identity in Christ and then wherever we live. Paul is 
drawing our attention right at the beginning that we are at a foundational level in Christ with a Heavenly Father who knows what's going on and He sees us. That's why He's given us this book, this grace to you phrase here at the very beginning of Colossians 1. It's not just kind of a throwaway phrase, kind of like a Hallmark card for your birthday. Uh, it is a very intentional grace to you and then the book ends, Grace Be With You, and what we're left with are the words of Scripture between those two phrases. The very way in which we hear the voice of our Father and His care for us, and grow and learn our identity of being in Christ wherever we are, is by doing exactly what we're doing right now, meditating on the very words of Scripture. So with that in mind, let's just turn here to the next few verses. This is going to sound very familiar if you've been following along with our First Corinthians series. There's going to be three words I want you to pay attention to. Faith, hope, and love. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. This is uh, a, a triad, uh, kind of a three-word rule that Paul uses uh, to try to capture the dynamics of our life in Jesus. We are, by faith, looking to Jesus right now. We have a certain characteristic of love right now. And then we have a destination of where we are going right now. And at the heartbeat of Paul's life in Christ is verse 3, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Paul, probably uh, the Jewish custom of the day and the custom through the church has always been to pray morning, noon, and night. Maybe that's something that we can be looking to incorporate into our lives now that we're kind of uh, sheltered up. Uh, I would recommend yet again uh, Justin Early's book, The Common Rule, where he gives us some guidance on what does it look like to pray regularly through the day. But Paul's prayer life would have been praying with thanksgiving to God, not trying to prove himself to God, not trying to uh, pray against his enemies even, but the tone and character of his prayer was predominantly thanksgiving. Thanksgiving to God for what he has done for us, and then it bleeds right into what he prays. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. If we remember from 1 Corinthians, uh, as Peter was uh, helpful in leading us through love... <laughs> I, I just I was I've been struck by this since Peter preached his sermon for us on First Corinthians thirteen. Love is not a spiritual gift. Love is a command. Love is the essential mark of what it means to be a Christian. If you remember from the Gospel of John, where Jesus says, They will know you by your love for each other, and here that's echoed here with Paul's commending them, thanking God for their love for all the saints. It's telling that Christians love each other. That is how we show the type of Jesus that we believe in and trust in and know. So if you're trying to get a sense of where is your barometer of what your love for Jesus looks like, 
Are you hot? Are you cold? Are you lukewarm? What does your love for other people look like? I often, when I do this, when I think through this, I can begin to realize that I am often very short, impatient. Uh, I am often quick to judge, which means that if that's the type of love that I'm showing those around me, uh, whether it's my family or uh, Jay and David in our leadership discussions, that may be the functional Jesus that I am believing in right now. That the functional Jesus I believe in over against the real Jesus, I believe that he's short, annoyed, short-tempered with me. And I wonder if Paul's initial call here in these verses is just to simply call us back to our true love. As we're cooped up with each other these days, I wonder if this wouldn't be helpful for us to remember uh, we have a God who is infinitely patient with us and sees everything about us um, and gives us a type of Jesus that is eager to see us and is not distant. I, there is a certain sense, I don't want to belabor the context that we are in with the coronavirus and COVID-19, but I find it interesting that even as a church, for the next few weeks, we are instilling uh, social distancing Right, and the best case and best case scenario for social distancing is that we delay exposure or hopefully mitigate exposure of each other to the virus and those around us. The hope that Paul lays out for us, the hope laid up for you in heaven that is exhibited in your love for each other in the church and in your neighborhood, the best case scenario of that social network is heaven. Isn't it interesting that the best case scenario uh, for something that we cannot control is merely mitigation and delayed exposure. But in Christ, in the type of Jesus that we believe in, the type of love that that exhibits among us, the best case scenario is heaven, a world without disease, of pure, resurrected, whole, and healthy bodies, pure, resurrected, healthy, and full minds, eyes and mouths that can see and speak of Jesus. That is the best case scenario that we have to hold on to. So whatever the situations are that you are awakened to this morning, this is what Paul holds out to us in the very beginning of Colossians, that we are ruled in Christ by a Father who knows us and loves us, and that our hope is not perpetual social distancing, is actually an intimate, happy God who comes to resurrect us and live among us in the deepest, closest, most intimate fellowship that we could have with God. And that is the message of what we have been given and not earned in Jesus Christ himself. That's the good news of what the gospel means for you today. And I pray that as you meditate on these opening passages in the book of Colossians, that you would feel afresh being alive in Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you today and make his face to shine upon you.